0: Business owners have always used data to make decisions about their business. Data can come in the form of a profit and loss statement, it can derive from third-party sources like TransUnion, or it can be produced from digital activity like what would come from a website or digital advertising. Making sense and making decisions from all of this data is the responsibility of business owners. In the car business, dealer principals took it upon themselves to read and analyze all of this data, and then to make decisions based off of this data. In this podcast miniseries, we will take a closer look at how business owners, and specifically dealer principals, applied their logic to make data-driven decisions.
1: going to be taking a variety of actions in the coming days telling any workers who can to now work from home
2: I think this could be a six seven eight nine month affair
1: more than a dozen states have closed all schools I certainly wouldn't get on a plane for a pleasure trip this afternoon the NCAA announced that its men's and women's basketball tournaments
2: have been cancelled.
1: Businesses across the nation have had to change the way they operate during this pandemic.
3: COVID-19 was first recognized in Wuhan, China, at the start of December. And in the following two months, it had grown from one case to more than 70,000 cases. Outside of China, leading countries include South Korea, Iran, Italy, France, Germany, and the U.S. The U.S. is about seventh in terms of total cases of disease in the world. Patients who become sick with COVID-19 have cough and fever, and in the more severe cases can develop viral pneumonia. The markets rebounded after suffering their worst day Thursday since 1987.
0: The news back in March of 2020 has been a global changing event, and we have all aged a bit more, a bit faster, and in some areas... We have aged for the wiser.
1: I look at the pandemic and I look at the quarantine. I remember it like it was yesterday, March 13th. It was a Friday.
0: That's Elizabeth Collage, mother, car enthusiast, and dealer relations manager at Automotive Mastermind. She recounts for us what was going on in her head in March of 2020.
1: I was in my car, I was a newer shell. I started hearing things on the radio that, you know, the National Guard was deployed to New Rochelle because it was the first hotspot of COVID. I'm sitting there on a dealer visit and I'm thinking to myself, wow, if they really shut us down, how can I help my people? How can I help these stores? Because not only am I impacting the GM, the dealer principal, I'm also impacting these salespeople. They have to provide for their families, right? This is bigger than me.
0: Bigger than me. A metaphor to encapsulate not only self-interest, but to also honor and protect those around me. This is what business owners alike all conceded at the start of the pandemic. That the health of their family, the health of their employees, and the health of their customers are all bigger than me. And then the business environment change.
1: Businesses across the nation have had to change the way they operate during this pandemic. Employees at Ted Russell Ford in Kingston Pike have had to get creative on how they service customers in need of a repair or a new car.
0: As businesses were forced to close, one of the most heinous acts of the pandemic occurred and it exposed the car business. The times of a pandemic are treated as times of war and the economic philosophy that underpins times of war is to have the economy serve the defense industrial base. The defense industrial base or DIB or better yet the military industrial complex is a sector of the economy whose mission is to maintain defense supplies and manufacturing capacity This description has evolved over and over again since World War I. Now, the defense industrial base identifies what and who is involved in the critical infrastructure industry. This identification is the basis by which businesses are deemed essential or non-essential. And in the car business, dealer principals had a rude awakening when the sales side of their operation was deemed non-essential. This is Predicting the Next Paycheck a podcast miniseries assessing the behaviors of car dealers and their data-inspired decisions. Part 1. Management by Expense Since 2016, I've been highly tuned in to this company called Automotive Mastermind, especially how they were billing themselves as a predictive analytics company. What the hell is predictive analytics, I was thinking. And this soon set off a data journey of researching and learning the field of data science. One milestone in that journey was to interview a longtime data scientist by the name of Mike Spadafore. And
2: um, I got my first job at a company called Market Opinion Research, which was a big Republican polling house, doing um, analysis of data for elections.
0: After his time working on political campaigns and analyzing voter registration data, Mike then transitioned to working in the automotive field, beginning his career at Polk Automotive, and now he runs Intelligent Customer Interactions at Ford Motor Company. I sat down with Mike in the summer of 2019 and asked him what are some of the more common problems that automotive executives may not understand
2: partly because they may be misinterpreting it and partly because they're just not leveraging the information well. I mean, the analytics is critically important, but being able to operationalize the analytics is actually the most important thing, right? So you can spend a lot of time getting your model to perform you know, 3% better, right? You can sure. bring in more interesting data, do more sophisticated a- analytics and mathematics, and the model will improve a bit but the reality is what's more important is that you get the outcome from that model, the scored data available to the marketers so that they use it properly in campaigns. So like some customers, when they know they need to buy a new vehicle, say their lease is gonna be up, they're excited about it, they start three months ahead, researching and that kind of thing. Other customers will wait till the last five days, walk into the dealership, go, I want another one like that, change the color, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like everybody goes through the same stages, but it's difficult to be able to tell you know, if somebody's you know, moving through it slowly,
0: moving through it quickly. Operationalizing the analytics is the most important thing, as stated by Mike Spatafor. To operationalize the analytics, one must understand what the data means. What are the definitions? What is the formula used to derive the data? And the framework to understand this is through data science. Data science has only recently been more widely achieved and accepted in the corporate community, let alone the car business community. Even dating back to the dot-com era, many internet companies at that time were still novices when it came to understanding data and analytics. In the car business community, they have long been guided by a certain business strategy that was not rooted in data science. Here's Ian Grace, Senior Director of Commercial Strategy and Performance with Automotive Mastermind, to share more.
3: You know, I, I bump into a lot of uh, old school, um, you know, general managers uh, that, you know, they manage by expense management, right? So, I need to make more money, which means I need to cut expenses. That's not how you make more money.
0: Historically, business owners adopted the tried and true strategy of management by expense. This strategy is rooted in the first pillar of classical economic theory that states, first you save, then after you have saved, you can achieve the next pillar of classical economic theory, which is investing.
3: Right, you actually make more money by investing in your people, investing in technologies, investing in, in you know the right things to make you more money, not cutting people. Right, I'm not going to say that that doesn't work to the bottom line. It, it does, but is it sustainable? No, it works for a short period of
0: time. Let's look at what are the macro trends with dealers as it relates to the biggest misunderstandings. Or misconceptions that dealers have about data. I think before
3: it was, it wasn't even a misconception. It was just a um, a lack of acknowledgement of their importance, right? You know, I think like today, you know, any progressive dealer that wants to be successful in some way, shape, or form understands the importance of using data, right? But I think you can't exist in today's world ignoring the value of data, right? I think it's just too, it's too pervasive in the, in the landscape. I think that previously there may have been resistance a conservatism a resistance to that stuff. Like that's the new way. I'm fine. You'd encounter dealers that were still doing newspaper and billboard and, uh, print, you know, uh, ads in the newspaper. You know, that your ROI there is both very hard to track and, um, not very effective in its conversion.
0: Traditional advertising is a great way to describe how dealer principles processed data and analytics. Advertising through print, billboards, or radio is all, as Ian says, very hard to track and not very effective in its conversion. So when looking at the advertising expense on a profit and loss statement, This is a simple linear deduction to get to your bottom line. Data in analytics looks more like a constellation to get to the bottom line.
1: It wasn't fine tuned. It was there, but not not enough people used it. Definitely at my time at John Sisson.
0: That's Michael Moses, who worked at John Sisson Mercedes-Benz in Washington, Pennsylvania, back in 2012, currently he serves as the senior dealer relations manager at Automotive Mastermind. Here he recounts for us how data was understood in 2012. And when you say the data wasn't fine-tuned, what what does that mean exactly? Like were there specific data points? Was it was it just the overall like what do we do with this data? What, what do you mean by it wasn't fine-tuned?
1: Well, it's interesting that that you know we're we're talking about this because now I know five, six years ago, what Mastermind had and what what they were doing and what we're doing today as an employee. So you would say, you know, it's an algorithm. The shortcut would be, you know, it's an algorithm based on this, this, and that. Now with with Mastermind, with companies that are in big data, they have sister companies. They have partnerships where they're streamlining this data with, say, Polk Data, uh, TransUnion, Carfax, so it, it comes in in a way where you're using that as uh, validation, verification, that where you're getting this information is from a solid company. Back then, I don't really think we would have that explanation. It was just, for all we know, it could have been people just crunching numbers together. And I think the general public now understands with behavior analytics, with say companies like Netflix, Amazon, how they use your browsing history how they use your buying habits to better predict what say even your interests are in the automotive industry in your next car so i just don't think the explanation was there
0: we'll be back with more after this i tend to think
3: more simply that a lot of addiction is simply lost connection So you combine this idea that you're struggling with depression, anxiety, uh, you might have stalled somewhere, trauma, you're already emotionally distressed.
0: Business class listeners, thanks for tuning in to this podcast mini-series. You know, there's something else that I've been thinking very deeply about, and it's now turned into an observation. This pandemic has affected us all greatly in some way, shape, or form, and I'm noticing that there are still some unknown effects of this pandemic one way that I'm seeing this unknown play out is in our minds and in our behavior. The next mini-series for Wisco Weekly will explore addiction. Often, addiction is associated with the 1980s Ronald Reagan days of drug use. This is your brain. This is drugs.
2: This is your brain on drugs.
0: However, in social media, and in this digitized world of information technology, addiction is playing out differently. Join me and Dr. Timothy Fong, addiction medicine specialist and clinical professor of psychiatry at UCLA in seeing how addiction has evolved from drug use to online gambling. Our understanding of
3: addiction is really all wrong and it's not about uh, people finding drugs that turn them into zombies and they lose self-control. It's really us as humans losing connection.
0: Stay tuned and subscribe and follow WSCA Weekly.
3: I could stand and be what I you know call window foggers, right? Stand at the front, you know, door,
0: just fogging the windows, waiting for ups. The car business has long adopted the adage that people buy from people. From a floor salesperson to a service advisor, every employee is tasked with business development. Ian Grace illustrates this for us. Right, Waiting
3: for the door to swing and the phone to ring, or I can take a very data-driven approach. And you know, while I'm waiting for that up, while I'm waiting for the up bus to pull and drop off the bus of people for me, I can be mining my existing customer base and driving my own business. Right? If I, I, I'm a believer that if you're not, there's kind of only three activities you should be doing in a store, right? You should be working with a customer. You should be working on getting a customer with, to, in front of you if you're not with a customer. Or you should be working on getting yourself better for the next time you're talking to a customer or there's a customer in front of you.
0: Working with a customer or working to get a customer in front of you is and has always been the nature of car dealerships. However, gauging the predictability of acquiring a customer has long confounded dealer principles. Be it the low conversion and hard to track forms of traditional advertising to not leveraging data, the unpredictability of customer acquisition has its consequences by making data-driven decisions about their business, dealer principals would have been able to better predict future sales opportunities. Those sales opportunities would have given the insight to know how much runway they have to keep their business afloat and to continue to pay their employees. Instead, 88% of all car dealers received funds from the Paycheck Protection
1: Program. A former employee is accusing a luxury car dealer in Blue Ash of improperly using its paycheck protection loan When Cincinnati's Land Rover
2: and Jaguar dealership got a paycheck protection loan in April, it touched off a controversy that
0: landed in federal court last week. The program designed to give loans to small businesses is now out of money itself. The Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP, helped some workers stay on payroll despite the COVID-19 pandemic. One local car dealership took advantage of this program, but now says they'll need another loan soon. In an Automotive News article dating back to July 2020, the article states, According to the U.S. Small Business Administration and analyzed by Automotive News, there were 16,226 loans provided to dealers, which totaled less than $12 billion. This translates to 88% of all dealerships received Paycheck Protection Program funds. I was surprised to learn that 88% of all dealerships received PPP funds to save their business. After all, the management by expense strategy should have built up some cash reserves that would have prepared dealers for an economic downturn. Instead, conference after conference, many dealer principals spoke to how he or she makes data-driven decisions about their business. I contend that many dealer principals did not fully understand what it meant to make data-driven decisions. Instead, making data-driven decisions was mistakenly and unknowingly management by expense. with the sales operation now and forever labeled as essential, with PPP funds that were used to keep car dealerships afloat, with the troves of first-party data possessed by dealer principles, with access to third-party data available to dealer principals, and with data science serving as the framework to understand data and analytics, then operationalizing the analytics is the management strategy to replace management by expense? Stay tuned for part two to learn more about data and analytics. This podcast miniseries is brought to you by Automotive Mastermind. Automotive Mastermind is a leading provider of predictive analytics and marketing automation solutions for the automotive industry. The company's sales and marketing platform called Mastermind empowers dealers to close more deals by predicting future buyers and consistently marketing to them. Mastermind generates success in a dealership's loyalty, service and conquest portfolios through a combination of turnkey predictive analytics, proactive marketing, and dedicated consultative services. Visit automotivemastermind.com to learn more. This podcast miniseries is a production of Wisco Weekly. Sound design and theme music by Chris Skipper. Contributors, Rana Akaya Meyer, and Nikki Little. Artists featured in this miniseries include Charles Ross Ryan, Benjamin Mark Tatlow, Afir Gruber, Yezhekel Raz, Raz Berg, Aviv Meshulam, Sean Fisher, Tammuz Dekel, Yaren Primak, and Dor Resnick.